Hello and welcome to part two of our show 100 extravaganza. It's me here, Graham, and with me, the beautiful Rachel. Rach, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi, I'm good. Thank you very much. That was a lovely intro for me, Graham. Really appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, what else can I say? You've jumped in to help me out with this because we are actually, you, you might think that we've got all these done and ready to go in one hit, but no, we are doing this as we're going along. And I, I had to jump on the, the messaging and say, um, guys, are either of you two around to just do a quick intro? with us and uh, you came through Rach otherwise it would just be my tedious voice everyone was listening to so thank you so much um, we have got a few more emails we want to get through tonight just very quickly uh, and we're going to let you know what you'll be listening to tonight but uh, first off should we read some more emails Rach because they're really nice yeah they're lovely we've had such such lovely um, comments coming through since we released the first part the 100th episode and uh, we've had some some lovely compliments and um, people getting in touch just to say hi and uh, and to say uh, well done and things so we thought we'd read out a few of those emails today do you want me to go first yes um, please do okay. So one of the first ones we've got here was from Toby Vanderveld, um, friend of the show. Uh, he says, Dear Aid, Graham and Rachel, just a quick note to say happy 100th episode. Your shows have been entertaining, educational and inspirational since I first started listening to you. Looking forward to the next 100. All the best from Tobe. Thank you so much, Toby. Really appreciate that. And uh, obviously we got a chance to meet Toby and his, his daughter, Kitty, didn't we, at the photography show, Graham? So uh, that was really nice to actually meet him in person too. Yes, yeah. For a ceramic camera wielding weirdo who lives on a boat, he was a very nice chap. So, he sure um, is. <laughs> for all of those oh. provisos. So the next email is from Chris Mina. And Chris writes in, congrats, congrats, congrats on 100 shows. As I type this, I've paused show 100 to finish jotting this email down because I feel this needs to be said. Sunny 16 is by far and wide the most consistent show in film photography and easily on photography as a whole oh, thank you very much Chris. Aww, Chris. <laughs> That's, we're blushing here yeah given given <laughs> the competition out there that that is uh, not competition given our brother and sister podcast that is a huge compliment <laughs> so thank you um anyway he continues here's my reasoning production value and delivery content anyone can put out it's easy enough to throw a tmax 3200 episode or a review you guys you give a damn and that's important you respect your listeners time and deliver on content production and quality even when some shows last two hours i, I actually thought so. that said 12 hours <laughs> <laughs> I don't just realize it says two hours. Yeah, we've not quite got as far as 12 hour episodes yet. Although, maybe this week, you know, with uh, what will it be? Three two hour episodes? <laughs> yeah, it's quite a bit of stuff. It's quite a bit we're of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, this also needs to be said, and this certainly does need to be said. Underexposed, brilliant piece of work. And so, thanks, Rachel, for running with that. That work is important. So thank you. Thank you for putting this stuff out and ent entertaining us while at it. Much love from New York City. I'll now get back to listening to the rest of the show from Chris. <laughs> and there's actually a little PS here, uh, which is very exciting. I've been working on something around shoot film, be nice. Send me your <laughs> shirt sizes. Oh Yay! my goodness, I certainly will. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for that, Chris. Uh, it was um, really nice and incredibly flattering. And um, yes, it's, I mean, we certainly do 
value and respect our listeners' time, although sometimes when we waffle on, it may not feel like it. But, um, yeah, it is important to us that we try and make sure you enjoy everything. And as I said, given the very high quality of the other shows that are out there, um, I'm very flattered that you feel ours is up there. So thank you. Thanks very uh, much, yeah. Do you want to take the last one, Rach, from I'll take, Ed Worthington? I'll take the next one, yes. So um, this is from Ed. Um, he's also the six million P man. Um, and he said, oh, do you know, I don't even, I can't even read that first word. What does he say? Uh, well, I'm not sure whether it's supposed to be Bonjourno, but he actually says Bonjourno, which might be a word. Bonjourno. I like it. Some beamers. Okay. Um, congratulations on the 100th show. I think I've been listening since around the early episode 30s, although I can't remember which one exactly. And you've become a staple of my daily commute to work. Here's to the next 100 and many more discussions about Graham's ability to destroy any camera he touches. It's a skill. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, I wanted to see if you guys wanted a copy of one of my zines. Ooh, zines. Um, I know you like to see things people have made, and as I'm down to the last few and I'm never going to sell them all, I thought I'd send out the last few to people like you guys who might just want to have a nose. In fact, if I'd made it to the meetup back in March, that would be the photography show. I'd have had a few copies to give you, uh, to give you all curse you winter weather. I don't know where to post it to though. Anyway, keep up the great work and keep the nose grease handy. <laughs> Thanks very much, Ed. Um, oh, I should probably also add to that, as we've mentioned nose grease, um, that I had some messages from Andrew Bartram today, very upset about the fact that he, he thought that I'd uh, called him an old git. <laughs> Last yeah. week, or that I'd implied that he was an old git, which was not the case. It was not in my intention. So I had to send him a, a Twitter hug uh, emoji just to uh, make up for that. So apologies, yes. Andrew, if you, you got upset. You did in no way imply that he was an old git. I will, <laughs> I took however, from that what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I will, however, for the record now, say flat out, uh, Andrew is an old git. I right. mean, there's just what he is. <laughs> Anyway, thanks, Andrew. We love you. Um, your dogs? Mm, not so much. Oh, the poor dog. I think she, she or he had just had some surgery, so I can understand that it was uh, it was not feeling its best, bless it. Um, but anyway, sorry. Thanks to Ed for that lovely email as well. And yes, we're always up for zines. I know that Aid mentioned it um, on the um, first part of our 100th episode show um how much he'd he'd enjoyed and i think both myself and graham we've both enjoyed seeing people's work this year and last year obviously and and uh, the fantastic zines that people have been putting together just the quality of them has been wonderful really and uh, i'd be really interested to see that thanks ed that's lovely Yes, we will get in touch, Ed. Um, we have had another message from Matthew Joseph, Photo Dudan Z, but it's an audio message which I will sneak into the show somewhere. Um, but anyway, thank you, everybody. And as you said, Rach, thank you so much to everybody who has given us um, feedback and just, you know, said nice things uh, and wished us well on Twitter and Instagram around the 100th episode. It really means a lot to us. And we and read on it. And on Facebook as well, yes, absolutely. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it really has been really nice to see. So thank you so much for that. So let's talk about what we're going to have on the show tonight. Let's get straight into that. So um, we're going to have two main pieces. I think probably two, maybe three, but we're going <laughs> to stick with two just in case. The first thing was a chat that you and I had. It was a very sort of informal just shooting the breeze around the table conversation with Michelle, who um, people will have heard on the last episode. And uh, who else was it with, Rach? Um, also with Matt. 
So it was when we just first arrived and we'd handed, handed over cake uh, and we thought we'd sit there and have a little uh, kind of like warm up chat and see how uh, how the land lay uh, at Ilford. So, uh, yeah, it was great. The, those two are lovely. And uh, again, they had such a lot of time for us and they were so generous with with everything. So um, and they fed us, you know, you can't grumble at that, can you? No, you um, can't. So, yeah. So we've got a nice, uh, a nice little conversation with them for you guys to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, and also I think it, what I really like about that chat it was that it really shows um, how much they are into what they're doing. You know, these aren't just people who are turning up, doing a job and going home. I think what you'll get from the conversation is it's exactly the kind of conversations that all of us lot like to have about our <laughs> hobby. So um, that was really cool. And the second thing we've got tonight is our tour of the Ilford Photo Lab with Neil, which was fantastic. Yeah, and uh, he was he was awesome. We had a lovely time going around, actually seeing seeing the inner workings. I think one of the first rooms he took us into uh, was when we actually got a chance to see just cabinets of cameras, sort of like littered around the place. I got very excited at that point. <laughs> we all went over to the uh, to the shelves and we're going, oh yes, they've got those Olympuses. That's our Olympus as well, and, and you've got that one as well, Graham. And then there were some lovely big um, sort of press cameras and all sorts of cool things because they have obviously when they have. Um, different uh you know different suppliers or different things that they have to test or if they need to check something with a particular batch of film or something they have to be able to put it through various different cameras so that's why they have several on site obviously for them um uh, when i say several i mean lots <laughs> on site for them to actually test it with uh, but then it was really it was really cool because we got to go around and see the rest of the lab and and how how that works um and i know that you were very excited to see that they were using the film leader retriever that was also very cool um as a way of obviously starting starting off the process um in the in part in that part of the lab and we got to see some cool machinery again um and oh i got stuck in the um the time i was gonna say the time warp not the time warp the uh, light lock <laughs> um which i love is such a good idea and i i want to at some, at some point try and um, fix one of those onto my mini darkroom. <laughs> that would here. be all of your mini darkroom. It, it would, wouldn't it? But you know, it, it might just be a necessary thing. Just, just that so I can sit in there and sort of like spin around in it every now and again. <laughs> you <laughs> you go happy. in there when you were drunk and you never come out again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, there's a, there is definitely a photo of me flo- flying around somewhere that Michelle took of me looking quite concerned trying to trying to get out of the light box <laughs> did you see that one Graham I don't know if you've come across oh, that one I most certainly did I most oh, certainly did. did we will share that with this episode <laughs> it'd be rude not to um yeah no it was it was really interesting having a tour around the lab and Neil does a great job of just explaining what every step of what they're doing is uh, mostly in reverse order it's a bit all over the place um but you know it's it's a small team working out of a fairly small space and uh they're doing a great job and it was just it was interesting to see how all that's dealt with by a commercial lab so um yeah i think you'll enjoy it listeners and we will be back in two or three days i'm not quite sure when with the last installment of this which will be the tour of the production site um have a little intro before that as well when i've roped somebody into doing that so (laughs) look forward to that Uh, until then enjoy this show bye enjoy bye guys Uh, 
think this is part of the reason that film. I mean, it, it's obviously it's hit its trough and it is yeah. coming back up. And and I think part yeah. of the reason that it will always have an audience and yeah, it's never going to be what it was because it's now not a necessity. It's but but it is that thing of the story, not just in the story you're capturing, but the story of how you captured it. It's the process of getting there, and that's what you lose with not just with photography, but with so many digital methods, like the story's gone. I pressed the button, the thing happened, um, and now I have a thing. And there, there is... That I may never look at yeah, <laughs> again. There is no story. <laughs> That's a big yeah. thing that we've well, talked about. I shoot about. digital a lot, so mm. I, I, yeah. I'm a travel photographer, so I do a lot of digital yeah. photography. But I think for photographers, this is almost like the best time ever because there are all different formats of digital camera, yeah. from you know high-end compacts through to... You know, incredible medium format, super Fans. high resolution phones are yeah. getting better and better. But then, it's not digital v analog because yeah. you know analog you've got things from single use cameras, thirty five mil, one twenty, all the way through to large format pinhole. You can do tin types. Yeah, yeah. So There's as a photographer, sorts. you've got so much choice, yeah. and you don't have to be one of the other. Exactly. You, don't, you can do everything. I mean, is it you know creatively? Yeah. Anything you want to touch, you can do. Exactly. Them. I was talking about this um, last night because I, I got asked to go and do a um, a panel for um, uh, female bosses, basically. We saw and, that. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. And uh, and I was like, well, you know, obviously, partly what I do with analog photography, it covers all the STEM subjects, so it does cover science and the yeah. tech and all yeah. the, all these awesome apps that we've got now. You know, yeah, ways I mean, we can use technology to complement it. So it was just sort of speaking to people there and going, just because we stopped using these things doesn't mean they stopped working. And there's ways now that we've, we're in such a um, fantastic period of time where we've got the, all the options, you know, yeah. you've got digital, but you've also got obviously our analog processes. Why not combine them to make something even better and tell a story in a more interesting way? Yeah. Um, so it was, um, and, you know, as soon as you say that, people go, oh yeah. You know, they maybe yeah. just not even thought about it or had that. You know, it's a different idea mentality. That I, mean, I was talking to one of the retailers mm. yesterday who wants to kind of do an in-store event. And I'm like, well, we'll kind of position it as vintage. Mm. Well, yeah, some of the cameras might be slightly vintage, but they're not really. No. You know, the, the yeah. processes are just as current as they ever were. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the more relevant, the audience that's doing it, you can't really call it vintage. It's not even kind of retro. It's just no. It's, it's a traditional it's process. It's just yeah. a, it's a process. But it's, a, it's, a, it's a different process. kind of technology. You could technology. argue yeah. that in the nineties, yeah. it was vintage then because yeah. this process has been going on <laughs> yeah. for exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the frustrating thing sometimes. Yeah. Is that I mean, and I think it, it's we've seen recently with um, that recent kerfuffle with what was that American photographer? Adorama. Adorama. Yeah. That, that. And you know, there's been a couple of things. Every now and again, it, it pops up. And, and it's hard to even understand why. But this thing... Then, because Adorama sell film. So yeah, it's yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. this made it like everyone going, what on yeah. earth But these things there? blow over. They, yeah. they do. Yeah. It, it got them publicity, whether they wanted to or not. It's yeah. like, it's content and people yeah. put content out. I don't think they always think about... Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing, though, isn't it? Like this needs to draw battle lines. You have to be on one side or the other. Either you're a forward-looking digital shooter or a backwards-looking film shooter. And 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 it's that narrative of well, if you're shooting film, you're just not moving with the times. And as you said, well, this yeah. technology yeah. is every bit as current now as it was then. There's there's like it, it's such a. I we shot know. wedding on vast amounts of digital, but 
also took film. obviously yeah. the film and we've seen that wedding photographers young yeah. people are yeah. requesting it they're requesting exactly. yes we want the digital shots but can you also shoot film it's about and buying into the, that particular aesthetic for yeah. you know yeah. obviously there are some who shoot whole weddings on film I mean that's yeah. not something that I would necessarily want to do because I want to keep that variety <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously as you know you know time restraints all the rest of those are the pressures um, and although they might say that that's what they want at the end of the day, you know, when you say, okay, well, I've got 40 shots of the day, you know, that are brilliant standout shots, awesome, where's the rest of it? You know, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but my wedding was shot on film because yeah. it was a while ago, but it's, yeah. <clears throat> like, it doesn't impact them. Mm. The pictures are amazing. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's memories, you know, they're not going to. It was part of that experience. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you say, like the memories of that, you know, they will remember. Um, or stood there and you're going right okay I'm going to get my film camera out now we've got those shots from the digital let's do this so you have to stand there for a little bit longer and, mm-hmm. and it'll take a people, little bit more of a process people like doing the comparisons though don't mm. they do, you know again these yeah. content engines your petapixels your f-stop yeah. they like doing these things where you're comparing the quality of a film camera to a digital camera mm. I mean now the quality of it depends what you're after. It's the aesthetic, as you yeah. say. It is. It's you, know, you can get into this. If you, you've got a large format film camera and you've got a pin sharp image and you've drum scanned it, that'll be sharper than Anything. any digital camera. Yeah. But a 35mm image taken on a, a normal 35mm camera is not going to compare to yeah. a, no. most you know, DSLRs or medium exactly. format cameras. Or You're not comparing like for like. So yeah. No. It's you're making a, a creative yeah. choice, aren't you, yeah. as to which one and you're going to be using. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. regardless so whether you shoot black and white, whether you shoot colour, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah. it's a it's a choice. You, cho- you make that choice. And with film, you've made that choice that you're going to get a certain aesthetic depending on the type of film. So. And how you process it. Because we've said that yeah. a lot of people. How, how you process it. Because, as I was saying before, we all like, when it comes down to it, what you like is up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can say this is a technically perfect photograph. It follows the rule of thirds. It does this. It does that. It's exposed perfectly. But somebody could look at it and go, "I don't like it. It's not contrasty enough. I like yeah. high contrasty shots, mm. or I like something a bit more punchy, or I like more grain." Or mm. and we have people that go absolutely crap. They want grain the size of golf balls, so they'll push something as far as they can and then um, um, process it. And then other people. Even though they love shooting film, they want something really fine, so they make they'll use the delta, they'll process it in DDX, Y, D11, they'll make it as smooth as possible. And yeah. It's all down to choice, and I think the more mm. choice out there, yeah. whether it's obviously our films are the best, but <laughs> whether it's our films, Kodak, whoever, the more choice out there, the better for everybody because yeah. the more people are likely to pick up that first film and, and have it, a go. Everyone's workflow is different. Yeah. You know, now there are less bottlenecks in the industry you know there's more labs more labs popping up there's more dark rooms popping up and ultimately people can do what they want they can take that film send it to a lab get it scanned and then maybe they'll put it in photoshop or lightroom and tweak the contrast there and then share it digitally others like processing their own film you know and then printing so yeah. i guess it however that's the beauty of, of analog photography or film photography is that there's so many different creative stages to it. You can do whichever bits you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can dip in and out. You can choose yeah. that. You can and you can combine it with other other parts yeah, other of the process, can't you? As yeah. as works best for you. Like you say, it's all about the workflow. It's like actually, are you shooting um, film for the experience of shooting film? 
but you you know in terms of sharing it you might just want to get a quick scan that will go on Instagram you know or yeah. are you shooting it um, <clears throat> for a very specific reason that is going to be blown up yeah. to a meter wide you know yeah, as, as a print and so yeah. uh, and then are you printing that in the dark room on you know huge and larger that is a completely different use of it, film but I mean there's so many different they're both valid right yeah, yeah and so, people yeah. go from analog to digital to analog yeah. and it's you know there's someone I was talking to once who was saying they then printed that image and then they took a digital picture mm-hmm. of it and did something else with it and it's like oh. yeah I, I mean I did that with some um, it's like having a large negative film, yeah. before exactly making digital negatives from that yeah. so um, it was taking actually from instant film in this on this occasion um, and then getting that scanned and then converting that making it into yeah. a digital negative uh, uh, blowing it up and then making a cyanotype from that yeah. and it was like I love that idea of that cyclical nature of it. Yeah. You can make it whatever you want, you and you can you bring like. it back round. Say digital to, or yeah. analog to digital to analog to digital, whatever. It's and to, yeah. again, it's that person's so far, creative yeah. process. Yeah. People can do what they want. Mm. It's their image. It's their mm. their choice. Yeah, I think that is it's choice is a big thing, isn't it? Is yeah, and I, there's no right or wrong. That's, that's the ultimate that's the thing. thing. Like, uh, but unfortunately, as you were saying, it was a lot of a lot of web content. It's really easy. The easiest stuff to do is, oh, here's a comparison of sharpness. You know, to do qualitative comparisons, whether mm-hmm. it's lenses on digital cameras, sensors, film versus, that's really easy to put on a website. Go, here's a picture zoomed in 100%, and you can see this. And as opposed to trying to convey the myriad of choices that yeah. there are out there. And also just, like, for me, a large part of the reason that... I shoot film is just because of the entirely tactile nature. I mean, there, there is kind of a, a roll of film is pretty much the most exciting thing on the world because it's just like yeah. here, here is a, a little bundle of potential that could be anything, could be absolutely anything, um, and until you put it in and take those pictures, and in my case, balls it up completely. <laughs> like, oh, this is just crap now. But yeah. but until then, it could be anything, and um, you know, and I love that thing of opening my fridge. And going, look at all this film there. It fills me with joy. Um, but you can't convey these feelings in the written word. You can't, until somebody experiences it, it's really hard to, to get that out there, which is why most of the conversation isn't around that. It is around qualitative things yeah. because they're just easier to. It I think is, you prolong the excitement with it. You know, in digital, yeah. you see that image immediately on the back of a camera. If you shoot 36 frames, you've then got to develop that, you've got to wait and mm. see what that looks like. And so when you get them back from a lab or you process it for the first time yourself and see it, that's the excitement factor. Yeah. It's that kind of, the anticipation, it might not all be good, yeah. but I think you can sometimes accept, if you get a few good frames, you're very excited by yeah. seeing yeah. You know, a handful of great frames versus yeah, well, exactly. whatever else you uh, may shoot. It, well, that comes back down to value, doesn't it? And how we value those, those shots. So you might get two or three frames that you absolutely bloody really love, love you yeah. know but you'll you'll use those you'll print those you'll have them in your life for a lot longer than yeah. you know six thousand photos that were no good mm. and uh, yeah again it's about yeah value and, and your negatives will last that. as well they're not yeah. going to degrade they're not yeah unless you as long as you look after them your negatives yeah. will last forever and even now i love going back to photographs that we've got you know, your old photo albums and mm. things. Every family used to have a photo album. And you could go back and you'd look back through past holidays and things like that. Mm. And it's, it's yeah, do you remember when we did this? Do you remember when we did this? And it's not the same as, to me, as looking at it on a screen because 
we don't go back and say, oh, what did we do at Disney last year? Yeah, yeah. We, it's an album on a computer, whereas yeah. the ones we've got printed that are in an album, yeah. we look at. I think that applies to digital it, anyway. People it, should yeah, be digital yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's not just necessarily film. Doing prints, yeah. We know, should be printing more. Or whatever. It's some, that tangible element. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're definitely. You're more likely to look at that and share that than say, hang on a second, come and have a look at my computer and I'll yeah. show you these pictures. Sunbeams, it's Matthew, Photo Dude, NZ Joseph here, your official Australian correspondent. Uh, just a quick message to say congratulations on hitting 100 episodes. Uh, yeah, well done, guys. Um, you should be quite proud of, of what you've created. Um, yeah, looking forward to hearing episode 100. So, yeah, well done. Keep up the good work. And, um, yeah. Bye. So how long have you been here then, Neil? How long are you? Are you an old timer too? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I say you're in your early twenties, uh, no. fresh out of college. <laughs> I have worked here for thirty years this year. Thirty years. Holy yeah. shit! That's long with long. She's in the term worked. <laughs> yeah. You, you've been around. I'd, I mean, I would describe myself in photography terms as an enthusiast. I'm yeah. not somebody who's out every five minutes yeah. shooting. I've got lots of analog cameras at home, but yeah. uh, they don't come out very often, only on special occasions kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I've worked in a lot of places on site all around. I've got a sort of technical manufacturing background, really. Um, <laughs> and I just kind of fell into this role. We we had this lab operation, which I'll show you soon. Yeah. And uh, we brought it in house. It used to be managed by a third party. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hi, Mike. And we needed somebody to own it and look after it. And you were the man for the job. Yeah. I got that, and then I ended up um, taking over our technical service department as well. We've been through a lot of changes yeah. over the years and the photography business has shrunk down from yeah. maybe a tenth of the size of what it used to be in its heyday. Um, so we've all kind of collected different roles as, as time has moved yeah. on. And is, it, is that fairly common within the business that, that people do move around, do different things? I mean, I, I, what is the staff about 200 people? Work yeah, 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 a bit less than 200. I find that so hard to comprehend that the, the kind of the towering edifice that we all view Ilford as, because so much is built on it, it is less than 200 people. <laughs> God, I hope you don't all get sick anymore. But I mean, soon. a lot of the. <laughs> uh, back in its heyday, of course, there was huge amounts of product development going yeah. on. We were battling with Kodak, you know, bringing out new films, and yeah. uh, there was always things in the pipeline. There still are new things in the pipeline, but a lot of what we do now is about product maintenance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite different, and you don't need the army of people in R and D that you used yeah. to that you used to have. We've also um, got, like you say, though, a lot of people are multi-skilled. Like you come from one background. Yeah. There's people in every office. Although we've brought people in special to fill certain roles, there are people that start off maybe in film and are now working in our customer mm -hmm. service. So they've got that knowledge there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's, yeah. it isn't the same as it used to be. I mean, you think technical service, for example, there were so many people in technical service, really super specialised people, really knowledgeable about certain products. I'm not claiming to try and replace that. Yeah. 
because what I'm trying, you know, I've got myself and two other people. So. But between the three of you, I mean, how many yeah. years' experience have you got? Oh yeah, we've we've <laughs> all been here long. David's been here thirty-five years. Sue, Sue. maybe twenty-five to thirty years. So it's clearly a company that yeah. actually retains its staff because, yeah. presumably, because you care and enjoy working here and, and want to do that. You know. Yes. And yeah. you get nice treats. Visitors come along. We do like yeah. it, and you know, most of us have got. An interest in photography, mm-hmm. so that's nice as well. Yeah, uh, it is a yeah. fairly nice place to work most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Neil, just in case I missed great. it, could you just tell us your your uh, official job title, if you like? Yeah, so I'm a technical services manager, um, but I also manage. We have a commercial black and white lab here, which is HarmanLab.com. If you go on the website, and I look after that as well. Um, so I kind of manage it, it's my baby really. I also provide technical support to that because some of the things we do in there are a little bit unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can come and see anyway. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, we'll go and have a look. Alright. There's no one about but this is David <laughs> and Sue living there. This is my office here. Um, what we'll do is we'll go and start at this end of the uh, a quick we'll very quickly pop in here. Um, it's not all about analog. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some inkjet printers in yeah. here and things like that. So we do actually manufacture some inkjet products, um, but that's a tiny part of our business now. It used yeah. to be more of our, a larger part of our business. I'm guessing most of that, when the, the, the split happened, that went over to um, Ilford. For, uh, yeah, think, but, well, it was Ilford Imaging Switzerland, Ilford Imaging then, Switzerland yeah. which is now Ilford Imaging Europe. Yeah. And yeah, we for a long time manufactured a range of inkjet papers under the Harmer Photo brand, and then later for Hanna Mueller. So, and we still have some inkjet papers that we uh, manufacture and sell, but it's not the size of operation that it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do have. I was just looking at this over your shoulder. We've got all sorts of cameras and things <laughs> mm-hmm. scattered all over oh, the place. Oh, that's my, um, that's my obscura. Yeah. Excellent. Um, <laughs> This, in these cupboards, we've got all kinds of different analog cameras and things because, of course, we have to do quite a lot of testing of our yeah, film products and things like that. So we've yeah. got, in that cupboard, we've got a load of medium format stuff, there's some <gasps> large format in the cupboard on the end, and it's like 35 millimetres. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's more um, than the training centre, aren't So this is okay. where we break into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now I know which room we're in. Um, just so there. that listeners can tell, um, Michelle just walked into the room and started stroking a camera in the corner. <laughs> yeah. that, the one that I saw <laughs> over, your, over you as well. I, I was just about to say. Oh, is that the one? Oh, I see. I'm still saving up for one of those. <laughs> it, 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 it that's is what I've got. Um, that's that's probably my favourite. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on the thirty. Yeah. They're, they're very similar. similar. I think the lens is the same. Isn't it? Yeah, fifty. Yeah. 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 So, I can't give for it too much, which is always good. So, you, so when you're saying you're doing testing and stuff here, so what is it? Just what kind of things are you using these for, or, or is it more when people have had problems, um, you're trying to work backwards from finding both? Yeah. Both. We uh, Sue, who works for me, she manages our complaints. So we've got, we keep an archive of, of films. Mm-hmm. So if ever we get a complaint or an issue, we can actually pull one up off the shelf and say, yeah. well, we'll have a look at this and do our own tests. Um, so that's an example of the mm-hmm. things that you might do. Um, we also look at, uh, we help R&D with their product development cycle. So they might be, I don't know, making a change to the product, replacing a raw material mm-hmm. from a different supplier or something like that. So we might, they'll do a, you know, they'll do all the scientific analysis. We'll do the, the sort of end user type testing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm trying to think of recent examples, like uh, we've changed the velvet on our cassettes. Ah, okay. Um, so we've, we did a huge amount of testing around that. Was there a particular reason for that? Was it supplier? Yeah, yeah or? It's, it's absolutely critical. Mm. So it's the mouthpiece of the cassette, it can let light through. Yeah. Um, it can also shed fibres, mm -hmm. which can then sit on the back of the film and come into the light path, so you get a little uh, shadow on mm -hmm. your film. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of stuff. Um, the mouthpiece can be too tight. Was it because you found that there was a problem? Is that why you changed it? Sorry. It was, was it a change in supplier, I think, wasn't it? Was it yeah, change, change of supplier. Um, so, you know, we do a, a huge amount of evaluation about those things and try, you know, obviously we want to try and keep the performance consistent. Yeah, of course. Um, which that sounds like quite a minor change. But it is actually, yeah. when, when you're making millions of cassettes, yeah. it's really important. Yeah. And that's not even to give consideration to the manufacturing performance as mm. well, because it's got to perform just as well. It's, you've mm -hmm. got to still be able to form your cassette bodies in the same way yeah. and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, so that's kind of typical of the type of tests we might Great. do. It might just be indoors in a studio doing some, some shots, or it could be running hundreds of films off through cameras, you know. Um, that's a good example of cassette valve mm -hmm. because it can cause jams in cameras yeah. if the cassettes are too tight, it might not rewind properly. So, how do you test for that? Yeah, you put it in a camera. You put, you put them in a camera <laughs> and you yeah. Yeah. you just yeah. fire shots and shots mm -hmm. off. We always have some willing um, volunteers to help test film if needed as well, don't we? Yes. <laughs> do you do you have on the site what's the most photographed thing? What's I was the thing just about to say that. Oh, God, it's like that tree picture, you know, out the back is. Uh, it's dreadfully yeah. boring, actually, <laughs> and. Um, it's a little bit of a bugbear of mine that we don't get out and about as often as we should do. Um, it's very easy to just kind of go off over the hill and just fire off a load of shots. We don't have time for yeah. that, you know. As I was saying to you before, back in the day, there would be people that would just go out and just be taking photographs yeah. with our films. I haven't quite got that luxury now. Um, <laughs> You'd like it, but it's not yeah. going to happen, is it? And I do encourage us to get out and about when we can, but... <laughs> I do encourage them to let us yeah. go out for a nice walk in the sunshine. <laughs> Need some daylight <laughs> as well. Yeah, so, um, but <laughs> it's just an example of how, you know, you if you haven't got the luxury of time, yeah. you just yeah. got to... Um, so that's why we have currently can, really. a, um, a whole, whole shelves of various different cameras, uh, 35mm, medium format, large format, obviously, so that you can use those as testing Yeah, bodies. that's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've got roll film, you make mm -hmm. changes to roll film, you know. Yeah. And you have to look at the backing and how, all that kind of thing. So there's Fantastic. so much going on. But a lot of it is minor, yeah. minor changes. Cassette valve is quite a big one. Mm. Um, we make our own roll film wrapper. That was another major change recently. Oh right, okay. The, do you so, mean the, the backing you were changing? Yeah, yeah the, the, yeah. the wrapper we, we print, we manufacture it here. We print it and everything. Oh right. And so that whole process is in-house now. It's great. And, but of course it's critical. It's mm. wound with the film. Of course. And uh, you can get all the print density correct, yeah. consistent lack of coat weight correct you know there's all sorts of factors I suppose that's the thing because the products have to be completely consistent and it's at the end user point where you can experiment so they need yes. to know what the limitations or the the range of what that film can do or those chemicals mm. can do and then push that as they want at the other end but know that actually if they want to shoot it box speed this is exactly what you're They're going to get, get. The same result every time. yeah and yeah. it's not going to yeah. damp their camera and that's we, yeah, exactly. we have little or no control over what end users are doing mm -hmm. with our products and sometimes we'll deal with an issue which kind of well you know they're not Why using our that? developer <laughs> they're yeah. not you know using our it's it's 
some sort of home, quite often it's could be a homemade developer or, or chemicals if sourced from elsewhere. It's really difficult for us to support that unless it's part of our system really. I mean we do our best but yeah. because we recognise that's what people want to do. I mean it's mm -hmm. not uncommon for people to, to be doing their own thing yeah. and experimenting with films, you know, stand development and all that kind of stuff that we don't really publish any information on that but people, people do like to do these things. So. Yeah, do, do you want to come in, guys? Yeah, brilliant, thank you. Um, this is our... Hello, this Hi. is... Hi, guys. Rachel and Hi. Graham. Hello. They're just coming around on a, on a site tour, and uh, I'm just showing them around the lab, so... We're doing a little recording of uh, Neil as we go round for the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, so, if you want to swear up a storm, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Dorset trying to forget home. about this at the moment, and just be careful, you know, what oh, I say. Okay. It would be very mean if we just walked in and were like, here we go, talk to us and without some sort of peace offering, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely can come again. But come in. <laughs> so, Fantastic. so this is a it's a commercial black and white lab. Mm -hmm. I'll know we're sort of part of the Ilford site, but this is like an independent business within the business, I suppose. Actually, you can see what Angie's doing yeah. now is mm -hmm. uh, going through the mailbag that came in this morning and uh, putting the orders on the system. So you can see we get what have we got there. We've got a mix of stuff there. We got some film and films. Yeah. Uh, we we process all types of black and white films, not just Ilford films. They are the majority of our films that we yeah. get in, um, but we get foam and Kodak, you know. And, and you do the, still. the chromogenic films as well, because obviously you've got your own XP2, um, do you do that here as well? We do, yes, we have a C41 line for that, we use yeah. Fuji chemicals in yeah. here. Because uh, we don't make our own. They, uh, own hang on, I didn't know what that was called, and I've forgotten that. It's got some weird name. But, uh, yeah, well, we use um, the Environeg developer. It's called, but it's CN16 mm -hmm. is what Fuji call their C41 chemistry. Yeah, uh, but it's the same thing. So, what kind of volume are you guys getting through here? Um, well, so it's around about 50 films a day, but it it, mm. it varies, you know. Mm. It's and we also have a digital printing service, so. We're also getting orders in from the website yeah. uh, for digital black and white prints. Yeah. So um, there's I kind of two sides. It's not just about film. Yeah. It's and and it is very much a sort of hybrid operation. And yeah. as we walk round, you'll you'll understand what I mean by yeah. that. I'm glad to see that whilst you're getting those, you're using your Ilford film pod to get because that's exactly what I do, and it's the right way to do it. <laughs> now it's been backed up. See, see yeah, well, we, we'd have to, I'd have to disagree with that. Because well, you'd be wrong, Neil. So. <laughs> I prefer that. Oh, it's now, now. Go on then. That's great. This is the most wonderful thing. This is to back up Graham's. What he uses it for. I start them in the daylight. So I prefer the little device with the tape. It's like a sticky tape. Yeah. And. Yeah, so it's it. Whoever's doing this job, it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we take the the tongue out in preparation for processing. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to do that in the light. Yes. And then they all get put in buckets for yeah. different processing times. Because yeah. of course, as you know, they have unique processing times. Some are grouped together, mm -hmm. and as part of running a commercial lab, you have to try and put those in sensible buckets. You know, and. Uh, 
you don't always go with the book times in the lab. It's customised to your process and your particular way of doing things. Yeah. So, uh, but mostly we're very close to the Ilford published times in here. Um, what are you up to? <laughs> I just asked Michelle to sit a couple of pages of us <laughs> talking to each other, oh, looking like we know what we're doing. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, what else can I tell you? Um, I mentioned it was a, a hybrid type yes. service, yes. so we, it's, we do How long has it been a hybrid type service, do you think? Uh, when it was a company called Top Photo used to operate the service for us mm -hmm. back in... We were thinking about 2007-ish. Yeah, up to about 2007 and then we brought it in-house in 2008. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we started scanning the films prior to printing. Um, but it is still a true black and white printing service. Mm -hmm. We're not printing on colour paper or anything yeah. like that. Uh, it's a digital mini lab mm -hmm. or a light jet, so the images are exposed with lasers in, in both cases. And uh, it's, well, we've done comparative tests. It's very close. And I think the benefits that you get with the ability to control your contrast and tonal range digitally, mm -hmm. actually for a set of what are basically six by four prints yeah. that someone wants a nice set of prints to look at, it's, mm -hmm. it's excellent, it's yeah. really, really good. You were good. saying, weren't you, that Aid, who's the one from Sunny 16 who wasn't here today, has used the service before? Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it speaks incredibly highly of, of, just yeah. of, the, yeah. of the quality of the results. Well, it's in, if you, I mean, most of the old analogue machine printers that are gone now, they don't exist and we're trying to keep pace with current technology as well and that means being able to have it serviced and supported and mm -hmm. of course using the Fuji equipment we, we can do that. Mm. Um, the Fuji machine that we've got down here, you can come and have a look at Great. that if you want. So we've got, just in the section, we've basically got the film leaders being taken out and obviously over in here. Yeah, I mean, over yeah. here yeah. Angie's looking at the order. So if, Quite a lot of what comes in is web orders, yeah. and if it comes in as a web order, we're just matching the film up with the order that's already printed, so that's great, that works really well. But Sorry. not everybody's using the internet, and some people are just mm -hmm. sending them in in jiffy bags with a, with a handwritten order, so we can handle that, it takes more time for us to do that, because um, of course then we've got to see well, what has this person ordered and we've got to uh, enter that on our local system. Here. How much better will people's prints be if they include some sweets or chocolate in their packages that they send to you? Yeah, we possibly quite a lot better. <laughs> we, get, um, we sometimes get some really nice messages, don't we? And um, even, even small letters. Yeah. So we get pen pals, Ilford yeah. pen pals. Yeah. 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 That's it. Oh, yes, thank you very much, Michelle. That's lovely. So, yeah, people really do appreciate what you do. Michelle's doing a good work job. Whilst, whilst we're here, mm -hmm. I might as well talk about what Mo's doing. It's that kind of out of sequence okay. in terms of the workflow in here. Mm -hmm. um, so, once all the films are dev and scanned, um, we prepare them for printing. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a machine printing operation. We're not doing hand prints, hand adjusting every single frame by frame. Uh, but what we do is we've got our own custom routines that we run in Photoshop to actually give us a print which is nicely balanced, good, good contrast, and will provide you know excellent looking prints. So that's what we're trying to achieve. And again, really. I guess it's about being consistent with that. It's that exactly. Ilford yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly, you know, before we brought the service in house, it wasn't consistent, mm -hmm. and 
sometimes the prints we really like contrast and things like that because contrast control is quite difficult with filters and it, you know whereas um, using this you know digital technology allows us to um, certainly for the volume that we're doing allows us to have that kind of consistency so um, we also so we've got a kind of digital workflow part and some of that is largely automated but some of it is inspecting so when we do high-res scans we actually flip through them looking for any dust or, or anything and we'll, we'll touch that out if, if necessary uh, obviously we try and minimize that because it's it's quite labor intensive yeah and um, so there's there's quite a big part of the job actually is uh, is kind of looking after that side of things fantastic well, do you want to take over with the recording for a sec yes yeah. um, as i'm walking through this machine here is looking after our light jet printing yeah and we might as well walk in here. I know it's all out of sequence, but you can yeah, yeah. you can sort that out. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> is, um, I admire your optimism. Is the light jet running today, Ange, or is it off? It has been running. Okay. So this is a beast of a machine, which is sort of 1990s technology, um, but still very good quality. This is about, what, a, a metre and a half long? It's... Um, size of a small car. We can load yeah. what is a 50-inch wide roll on there of photographic paper. Yeah. So the paper that we use here is panchromatically sensitive, so it's sensitive to red, green, blue, um, as opposed to traditional papers, which are sort of green-blue sensitive. Um, so we've got full-spectrum sensitivity. Uh, it uses red, green, blue lasers to do the exposing, and it's very accurate. Um, the paper's kind of held in a drum as it's exposed. It's a dimensionally accurate, it's, um, it's continuous tone. So you get, you get something which is really close to a dark green print. Yeah. And particularly when you're going up in size, because that's when it really comes into its own. It's very difficult to do a really big print using traditional methods. Not everybody's got the enlarger for it for a start, but you, you know, it's the equipment that you need if you've got an, an, a full mounted enlarger or something. So this is very, very good, and uh, of course on the end uh, this is a processor as well, a wide processor, so that will, that's a 52-inch wide processor, and it's, you know, develop, fix, wash in the traditional sense. So this is one, one machine, basically, that you have here as, as I can work out of it. This does, this does all the exposing, yeah. so you load a roll on this side, and you yeah. can see there's actually a roll in there, I can't open it at no. the moment. <laughs> Oh my goodness, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. So it's light proof. Yeah. So you can yeah. see the size of the rolls yeah. that are coming out of the boxes yeah. here. And then on this side, you can load another spool and you can actually wind them up. So you can do quite a lot of printing. And it's all controlled on the PC that you saw outside yeah. there. Um, so we can kind of tile them up onto a large sheet. And, uh, or you can do one super large print on one sheet. And then, of course, they go into the processor. They're just loaded on there, and, and that's uh, got chemical baths. Yeah. It's a traditional wet process. I'll walk you around that other side in, in a bit. I'm just trying to think yeah. of time. And yeah. Yeah. So just over five minutes. Michelle's giving me that look, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. Uh, I have to be careful what I pick off here, so we can have a quick. So you can see this is queuing up. Um, these are just customers' prints. I'm picking it random, um, but as you can see, what you get is quite nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice looking black and white, black and white prints. They've yeah, got good contrast. These are just 
customer's random prints. Um, thank God we haven't got any nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not actually. Uh, I, I would yeah, take I mean these are. You know, these are yeah. nice prints. They, you can see these are just coming in from. Well, it just looks like a hobbyist. Somebody's just having fun with a black and white camera. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you're welcome to. You can take pictures of them on the machine and things. Yeah. Take another set off if you want to see just at random. They've obviously got glossy rolls in at the moment. So I have to ask the question uh, not have you ever, because I know the answer will definitely be. <laughs> how often do you get things come through that you look and go, ooh? <laughs> um, uh, quite often. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's, Is yeah. that on a scale of every day? It's usually when I come in here just to check everything's running okay, I'll come in and Mo will have something up on the screen that I don't really want to see. <laughs> He just knows. So, so when the, do you mean do you just do you just have to just kind of blinkers, just carry on, just say nothing, or do you put a big sticker over it saying <laughs> no, no boobs at Ilford, thank you. Um, we. We don't have any any very stringent rules, but obviously yeah. anything that was illegal or yeah. grossly yeah. offensive. We wouldn't want to do anything with him. We probably, uh, you know, yeah. wouldn't be able to do that. But most things are. Don't, most things don't fall into that category. Mm. Occasionally, we have to have a little chat about it, which is somewhat embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> but you and all these it's ladies. the real world, isn't it? You know. So most things are pretty tasteful, aren't they? There's the occasional thing that we think. Mm. Yeah. Oh God! Do you, do you see the, the writing on the envelope? And you're like, oh no, this one again. <laughs> we know the name. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we know. Not to have breakfast. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, in here's all our photographic paper. So the frontier that we were looking at then. Yeah. Um, this is actually the only one in the UK that runs a black and white process. Um, it's been um, some slightly modified electronics which enable us to calibrate it for black and white. Of course it's expecting to see colour information. Yeah. There isn't any colours in a black and white print, it's yeah. just silver image so it doesn't have a cyan, magenta and yellow component. So that means the calibration becomes difficult Yeah. And, uh, come up with some ways around that. Basically we have a contrast curve that we try to match so that we keep consistency. It works very well. The print it's calibrated every morning. All these rolls are calibrated and it's consistent throughout yeah. the day. And you don't get because there's no colour components. You don't get any colour shift and any lean any towards cast, magenta yeah. or green or anything like that. So it does work very well. And as you can see, these are all the rolls here are held in light-proof cassettes. You know, you just load those on and, and off you go. Very very good. Uh, all the the jobs are managed on the database, so we can. It's like a sweet jar. Without going into lots of details, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to get a quick shot of the sweet jar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you probably don't see that. You probably don't see them foiled very no, often. No. Okay. No. That's very. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I only saw those for the first time when I was browsing around the website. Oh my goodness! You just buy a great big box of these yeah. things. It's like a pro pack. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's history is again it's a historical thing, you know, people They're not such a bargain anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, resale, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah. It's part of the workflow. You, you know, all the jobs are, are assigned numbers, and each film is tagged with a unique ID, and that's all encoded on the database so that we know exactly um, what size to print that particular film, and or does it need scans? Does it need a CD writing? All that kind of stuff. It's um, all kind of managed, and, and this Fuji software helps us do that really. So we'll go through to the scanning room. This room is sort of not quite finished yet, but it's going to be. So how long have you been doing this here for now? Yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the things that I've been trying to work on is is improving the workflow and reducing the amount of time we spend um, correcting things like dust and scratches. That's yeah. that's a major problem when you've got a scanning operation. Yeah. And one of the ways in which we can do that is to control the conditions within the room, the humidity, so you don't get static, and also the air quality, so we're looking at filtered air. And so this is going to be effectively a clean room yeah. environment, which is really going to help further down the process. Um, in that we won't have as much of a problem with, with dust and fibres. Sorry, what I was going to add to that is you, is. You know, it's also about trying to shorten the time between processing and scanning. Yeah. And we try and make sure that is the same day uh, where we can, so the films aren't sat hanging overnight, things like that. So it's just little things that, that really help. And what about the water that you're using for all of this? Is this just the local water? Are you getting in? It's local water here. Yeah. And we're quite lucky in that the water is soft. is quite nice. Yeah, it's nice and soft. Well, it's not too soft, but it's. Um, we do add a rinse agent, which is the Ilfatol that we, we actually manufacture. Yeah, I love my You get the quantity of it just right. Uh, well, you mean you don't just go, that much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you've got a machine processing operation, you've got to kind of do things in a controlled way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate if you're just processing a small tank, mm -hmm. you know, a few drops in there, and, and that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, we need to do things in a repeatable way. Yeah. So your um, uh, messy eggs, uh, Graham, and, and the ongoing battle of, of that. Yeah, and, uh, I have, I'm in a very hard water area, so yes. Yeah, so you need to play about with the level yeah. that you're adding um, and see if you can, you can find a sweet, sweet spot, really. Try and do something. Yeah. So we see we've got two scanners here. They tend to be, one tends to be configured for medium format, one configured for 35mm. Um, We've actually done your whole laptop backwards, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will, yeah. So now we're going to speak about the This is the back end of our reframer. So the black and white, because we have quite a reasonable volume of black and white going through, we've got a dip and dunk machine. That's a non-contact process, you know, it's not going through rollers or anything, it's just hung on, on they're on hangers, the films. So it's really good quality. It's a replenished system, runs at a constant temperature, it's got a programmable process time, so each film can have its own unique processing time. And it's a really nice piece of kit. Yeah, it's really good. So they come out dry to dry. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very good. And it's it's akin to automatic deep tankless, really. The XP2 goes through a Fuji Minilab processor. Yeah. Um, we don't get the same volume of XP2 as we do of all the black and white films, so that's appropriate. Uh, but we keep that, you know, it's well looked after. Uh, we're using um, Fujifilm chemicals, we're not yeah. just using generic 
chemicals. So, yeah, we get we get good quality of that. We, yeah, we don't. <laughs> Occasionally, we will get an APS film in, but it, uh, of course, they're not. I don't think they're manufactured anymore. No. Are they? Certainly not black and white anyway. So, um, and. Can we go in the refreemer room, Ange, or the film? Uh, yeah, you there? can, yeah. We can. Yeah, do you want yeah. to go and lock it? Uh, it's okay, I'll go in. Yeah, thank you. Michelle, just give me two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 gonna get in trouble. I'm just going to pop in there and I'll open yeah. the door. Neil's just stepped into a TARDIS. Oh, he's yeah. gone. Oh, he's got a light trap. Yeah. He actually has. Yeah, it means you might actually get light in there then. Okay. Are we okay? Yeah, yeah. You can do it if you want. No, no. Yeah. If you want the experience. I do. How do I do it? How do I do it? Um, How do I do it? <laughs> yeah, they're not much good if you're claustrophobic, those things. It's occasionally they can be a bit hard to turn. <laughs> Keep turning. Keep going. I am. Is it so cool? I'm going to do that. Oh, we should have done that. <laughs> Um, this is the other end of the film processing machine. So your film is hung on these hangers. Yeah. Okay? And you see it only just touches on the very edge there. And it's actually, the, that's on the back of the film. So the emulsion is on the outside. And these hangers are hung on here. And what it does is it picks them up and it puts them in the bats like that. And it yeah. goes along through the sequence. So it goes develop, stop, fix. And then I think there's, one, two. There's two wash baths. One is a double, double dip, and then there's a final rinse as well. Um, and so. are these all done at the same sort of 20 degrees temperatures, which are, or are you doing these hotter to get them through quicker? This is running at 25 degrees. I think is the temperature on this. Yeah. Um, and that's. I don't know what how that time originally came about but I guess it's about because not all countries are nice and cool like the UK yeah and you run into a cooling problem if you if you're at 20 degrees so uh, you can see it picking up of course we haven't got any films on but you can see what yeah. it does it's a shame I couldn't we just can't you'd have to film in infrared or something so. yeah but that's so great. you get this the idea brilliant. but you see how it slows down and that yeah. stops the film swinging about all over the place yeah so you know, this this is, has one film after you know each of these carrying four films, and we just load it all up, and then so you'll do like all your FP4, yeah. say if it's eight and a half minutes, you'll do all those together, and you'll switch to I don't know, HP5. I think that's eight minutes, and then so you you, you go like that. Um, once it's clear the developer bath, you can switch time then um, because there's enough slack in the stop, fix and wash that you can have variable times, it's the developing time that's the important, the important one. Um, and is the developer that you're using in here, is it is it the same, identical to one that people could buy up or is it one that's... You, well, uh, it's Ilfotec DD, yeah. which is, um, it's sold in quite big quantities, 5 litres, and that makes up uh, 25 litres. So it's for bulk quantities. Yeah wouldn't be practical for end users to be buying yeah. that, but it is similar to our Ilfotec DDX developer, which is our high quality liquid film developer. The formulation is very similar to that. Uh, it's replenishable as well, so um, you can buy a starter for it, which uh, reduces the activity of the developer to give it to simulate the 
fact that it's seasoned, I suppose, because of course the development becomes seasoned as, as you build up the byproducts of development, you get a sort of equilibrium formed and the, and the performance of the developer drops, so you adapt, well, that needs to be consistent, yeah. so we plot that, we measure the contrast and the speed. Yeah. Um, I think we do that every week, so we're quite, we've got good confidence in this and you can look at trends and you can see you know is the process starting to tail off or is there any trends going on and that enables you to then go and investigate if there's a problem yeah so it could be your replenishment pumps not working properly or I don't know, something like that you know could it's basically process controlled yeah so um, the developer has nitrogen burst to it so it doesn't get oxidized the others are just well, maybe two in. Yeah, that's, is that about to go um, I'm not sure <laughs> it's all bubbling away there, isn't it? Yeah, one is just compressed air, the other one is uh, nitrogen. So the, the stop fix and the water baths just use compressed air. And how, how old is this machine? How long has this process been essentially like this? Well, um, this is an ex-technical service machine, so we, we had this installed by ATEC. I guess it probably would have been sort of late 90s when it was installed. It's been in here for about maybe about seven years in this location. So there you go. So actually, see, it didn't pick. It didn't pick it up. Then it just shuffled yeah. it along one. The next time, it will pick it up and put it in the. So it's done a double, a double time in the developer. Yeah. If you like. The next time, it will pick it up and put it in the stop bath. <laughs> There's something just quite delightful about watching this program, yeah. isn't it? It's really good actually when you've got lots of hangers on with films. Yeah. And sometimes we, we just have test films on yeah. if we're trying to diagnose a problem or something. Um, unfortunately, it's not, not possible right now. But yeah. Probably just as well with it being dark if there were films on there. So. Yeah. Right. Well, there oh, you want to go back out the light trap? Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Okay, okay so which way do I have to push this to go through the light trap? You just stand inside and then rotate. Oh, gotcha. Okay. bit of a rush going through the lab there but um, what we try and do is get the films processed and scanned as quickly yes. as possible so that part and and looking after the order side that part all kind of happens in the in the morning yeah in the afternoon it's more about printing and packaging of jobs so you've just come in at the time when they're doing mostly film, film yeah. work fantastic that's how it tends to work as the as the flow each yeah. day so when we be. pass by there later you'll probably see that they're they're actually starting to pack some of the prints up yeah. that you saw coming off the machine. Yeah, awesome. It's, it's amazing that, so again, when I said where so much is going on in such a small space. It's yeah, I've just, it's quite, there's all the rooms that I haven't showed yeah. you. You know, there's a pack packing yeah. room where they can, and they've got cutting equipment in there to do the big prints and they do some framing in there and things like that. So. Yeah. Um, but when I show you the dark room, I'll, I'll let you can bob your head in there and see yeah. what's going on. Lovely. Thank you so much. All right. Sandwiches. <laughs>